You know, one of these days I'm going to start this podcast with like, welcome back all you cool cats and kittens. Just me. Okay. <laughs> okay. One of the biggest fears I hear from clients around creating their course before they sell it is they don't want to waste their time. So in today's episode, I'm going to talk about why that is holding you back and how to validate your course without having to pre-sell it. So stay tuned. I'm Jess. After launching dozens of courses and generating multiple six figures in revenue online, I have learned the right and wrong way to launch an online course. And in the last two years, I have helped my friends and clients generate more revenue with less stress using my aligned launch formula. On this podcast, I'm sharing with you my simple strategies and systems so you can make more money online and make a bigger impact on the world. Keep listening for the Launch Fix Podcast. Hey there, and welcome back to the Launch Fix Podcast. Jess here, and today I am talking all about how to validate your course without having to pre-sell it. As I'm sure you are aware of now, you know I am not a big fan of pre-selling your course. And in case you don't know what I mean by that, pre-selling is selling something before it has been created, or even worse, selling a course before you've even created and tested the methodology, which is a tactic that's being taught by basically every big box course creator today. And I get it, right? They want to have this big flashy promise of like, launch and make 10K in the first 90 days or whatever nonsense. And it's not sexy to tell people to, you know, develop an expertise and develop a methodology and build an audience first. But I'm not out here trying to sell courses like hotcakes to people who aren't ready for that. So that's why that's not my message. But I digress. Before you create and launch your course, I teach my clients to validate that offer first without pre-selling it. And in today's episode, I'm going to share three ways to validate that without having to do the monetize before you make it nonsense that you know that I hate. And if you want to hear more about that, if you want to hear more about why I don't believe in that or what monetizing before you make it even is, check out episode 69. It's called Why You Should Not Monetize Before You Make It to really understand why I don't agree with this common practice and why if you've tried this in the past and maybe it hasn't worked for you or if you have struggled with this in the past, why it didn't work and why it's holding you back in your business. So you may be wondering, what if I put all of this effort into building my course and nobody buys it? And I get it. You've likely had flopped offers before, whether it was a full course or maybe your one-on-one coaching, but you maybe have offered something before and nobody bought it. And you're afraid of what it means about you if that happens again. And like I said, I get this. This is exactly the hardest part of business, right? We create these stories of what we think it means about us if something happens, and we're afraid to touch the hot stove, right? Like we are brought up to fear and not repeat behaviors that cause pain, right? It's the whole analogy of teaching a kid not to touch a hot stove. They do it the first time and they realize that it hurts, so they never want to do it again. Unfortunately, growing a business is like touching the hot stove until it no longer hurts you. (laughs) And it really is counterintuitive to all of the things that we 
have been taught. But at the end of the day, it's about reframing the belief that it is a hot stove and reframing the pain into lessons and not letting it hurt and making that meaning about something when it isn't actually about you. So in today's episode, I'm going to dig into pre-selling, what it is, how to validate your offer without it, and what to do instead. So my first thing I want to talk about is why is it important to validate your offer? I think that this is a really important process in like course creation and in online business that a lot of people may skip. And pre-selling your offer is a form of validating it, right? It's a form of seeing the two things that we're going to talk about here in a second. But it's not necessarily the most effective or good way to validate your offer. And so I want to talk about different ways to do that without having to pre-sell. So it's important to validate your offer for a couple of reasons. There are two sides to a sale. And I think that we tend to ignore the second side of this or not pay attention to it as much because we're so focused on the first side. So the first side is you making that offer, right? You are on one side of that table. You are creating the offer. You are saying, I think that this is a solution to a problem that people have, and I'm going to put it out there. The other side of that is your audience, the people who are buying it. Your buyers are on the other side of that sale. And you have to have an audience of people who want your offer before you can sell it. So here's a good example using something that you're probably familiar with that also involves a table. Let's talk about the lemonade stand. If you want to open up an effective lemonade stand, you need a couple things, right? You need a product, the lemonade. You need a the, an audience of people who want to buy it. And you need the offer, right? Which is the lemonade. So the audience is a really important piece of that, right? Could you set up a lemonade stand in the middle of nowhere? Sure. Would it be terribly successful? Probably not, right? It's going to be a better place to set up your lemonade stand where there's actual traffic, where you have an audience of people who may actually want lemonade. And so when you're putting that into practice with your online business, it's about getting in front of people who actually want your offer and building an audience of people who you know see you as an expert and want that offer before you sell it. So validating your offer does two things. One, it tells you that you have people in your audience that have the problem that you solve. And two, it tells you that you have people in your audience who are willing to pay you to solve that problem. And both of those things are important because being willing to pay you implies that there's trust, there's authority, they see you as the person to solve that problem. And being willing to pay for that offer shows that they actually have the problem that you are attempting to solve with your offer. People who don't have the problem aren't going to buy it. So if you go into a room full of vegans and you're trying to sell Omaha steaks, you're probably not going to be very successful, right? Because the people in that room do not have the problem that your offer solves, which is a desire to eat meat. And so really paying attention to, do I have an audience of people who actually want what I have or even have the problem that I'm solving? And do they see me as the person that is going to be the right one to help them solve it. Those are two very important things going into a sale. And we tend to forget that we need that before we do that. So that's why it's important to validate your offer before you put your course out there or try to like sell your course. 
Before I dive in, I wanted to share that I do not believe that a course should be your first offer. And there's a lot of reasons for this, but until you have proof that you can one, do something and two, do it for other people, you're not ready to create curriculum teaching something. If you're just starting out in your business and you haven't helped anyone, there are far better ways to develop your credibility and methodology than to create a course. And I'm going to talk about those things in today's episode. So if this is where you are, you should really be focused on building an audience of people who want what you have, and you should be building credibility and authority for being the person who can give them what they want, right? And so those are going to be your first two lines of defense. And the first offer that you should give to those people who see you as an authority should not necessarily be a course. And there's a few reasons for this, but a course is a mechanism of disseminating information to a mass group of people, right? If you want to deliver a transformation to somebody, you can do that in far more like effective ways one-on-one, right? You do not need to have a course teaching something that you would be better served to do one-on-one. And as I'm going to talk about in just a second, doing something one-on-one is a really great way to validate your course because it proves that you have a methodology that can actually get people results. But doing that within the context of a course means that you have a large enough audience who are going to consume that as well as having a proven tested methodology that you can then create into a curriculum that teaches that. And until you have that proven tested methodology, then you really don't have anything to create a course with, right? And I think leading with the course first is a big mistake that a lot of people make because when, like, your course has to sell to a mass audience. It's not something that's being delivered to just one person necessarily. And so it makes more sense to create and validate your methodology in a different context than creating curriculum around it. So slight sidestep there. But let's dig into how to validate your methodology to validate your course without having to pre-sell it. So the first thing, like I was kind of talking about in that last point, is helping people one-on-one. This, in my opinion, should be your first line of defense when it comes to developing your expertise and developing your methodology for something. And this is my favorite way. Every time that I'm doing something different, every time that I'm pivoting or testing a new methodology or going back to the drawing board in my business, I do so with one-on-one clients. And this has been such a powerful way for me to really get into it with people with a methodology. The the reason this is so great is that you get paid to test your methodology with real people and you get a hands-on experience to change or improve things as needed. I do believe that when you are working with somebody one-on-one, it is a hypothesis, right? You have an idea of like, okay, this is my, this is how I'm going to teach you how to do this. You should have a framework, which you then develop because you have expertise in doing something. And so step one, create the expertise, be an expert at something. Two, develop a methodology of how to get somebody else those results. And step three is do it with somebody one-on-one. And so you are testing that methodology. You are building out this machine and you're putting a person through it to see if the outcome that you expect comes out of the other side. And it is far easier to do this with one person at a time because you can really 
like control the variables, right? And if you're in the middle of the machine and it's like blowing up like a freaking printer at an old job where like it was always breaking down, gives you a really good opportunity to like open that shit up and see like, what isn't working here? Where are they getting stuck? Oh, maybe I need to switch this around or maybe this actually isn't working in the way that I expected it to. And so you can really dig in and improve your methodology on the fly and then get better results for people in the long term because you're really testing the efficacy of that machine. And so this is a much more powerful way to do this because you only have one person going through it and you can get much better tangible results from it. And it also produces really powerful testimonials and social proof if you do it well, right? Like if if you create a methodology, you put one person through it, one person comes out of it getting the result that you desire, that creates a really powerful testimonial and social proof that you can create that result. And then you then become known for getting people that transformation before creating curriculum, teaching it to the masses, right? Before you create an entire coursework, before creating curriculum, you should be able to take people through a methodology in a a one-on-one setting to get people the results that they're looking for. And if you are coaching people and not getting the results for people at the end of it, then there's something broken in your methodology. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, though I would recommend like learning from that information and saying, okay, how can I improve this or tweak this or test this in a way that's going to produce better results before you mass produce it, right? That's what happens when products get mass produced before they're fully tested and there ends up being recalls. You don't want to recall on your online course, right? You don't need to come back and say, hey, just kidding, that totally doesn't actually work. Uh, So we're going to roll it back and try something new. Like you really want to work out those kinks in a one-to-one situation before mass producing it. And I do want to say too, that this can be either done via mentorship and coaching or through done for you. And so done for you, like being a service provider, if you are doing this thing for other people and you're getting clients results that way, that's a great way to test out your process before creating a course. So it's not that you have to coach people through it necessarily. You can do the thing for people as well as like then also coach people through it in a mentorship capacity. So that's the first way to validate it. And like I said, this is my favorite way and you get paid to test your methodology and get people amazing results. I love one-on-one coaching. It's something I do with a very selective few people and it's not actually something that I advertise or have on my website. I wait for people to DM me and I believe that that's me waiting for the invitation in my projector strategy and when the right people come to me asking if that's something that I offer, then I can have that conversation with them. But I like working with people one-on-one is one of my favorite ways to really like hone my skills and improve what I'm doing by getting one person through a process and getting them the results that they desire from that. So that's the first one is help people one-on-one. The second way to validate your offer is to host a paid workshop. And this is actually what I teach inside the launch formula is I teach you how to create a validation workshop that validates your offer without completely giving away your methodology. One of the biggest mistakes that I see people make when it comes to hosting a workshop is giving the basically the cow away for free or like giving the recipe to the cake away without like the 
important part, which is like the mentorship. And you don't have to give it all away inside of a workshop. In fact, I don't actually recommend that, obviously. And so this is a really good option for you if you have a decent sized audience and you want to see if they are primed to buy a DIY offer with you, not one-on-one, via a workshop. And that's a really good way to test like, okay, are these people looking for a more bite-sized solution or a more DIY strategy, do-it-themselves strategy, not done for you or done with you like a one-to-one. And so I also really like this because it's a great way to get paid to teach lots of people. Workshops can be really fun and they can be a really good opportunity to get your hands in with your audience and really start helping people in a tangible way. Um, It's also a great way to gather your hottest leads, right? It's a great audience qualifier for the people in your audience to get them to say, hey, I have the problem that you solve and I trust you enough to pay you at least this workshop price to have you help me start to solve it. So instead of giving like an overview of your methodology or giving the recipe to your solution in this workshop, what I actually recommend is solving the first problem or the most obvious problem that your ideal client has. So like if your ideal client going into a tangential analogy, if your ideal client comes to you with a bleeding arm, right, you know that the deeper issue is they broke their bone because you're a doctor in this analogy, but their arm is bleeding. The first thing you want to do is put a bandage on it, right? You want to stop the bleeding and then repair the damage underneath. And so that's really what a workshop can be, right? It can be solving the first problem or the most obvious problem that is the first step into the transformation. Solve the problem that they know that they have and then show them that there's actually a bigger problem underneath and how you can help them solve that as well. So this is actually different than like a, pay or then like a launch mechanism, right? It is not really kind of setting up the sale so much as it's actually delivering a transformation. And again, this is a mistake I see people make is they don't want to give too much. And again, I don't think that you can give too much unless you're like giving away your whole methodology if you are focused on just solving the first problem. But this should be a complete solution, right? It should be a chicken nugget size solution, but it should be a complete solution to the most obvious problem that they have because it's not only going to build trust, but it's going to identify them as people who have the problem that you solve and it's going to position you as the right person to solve that problem when you position your offer as the next step for that. What I also really love about this workshop strategy is that it can be resold as an audience qualifier later. So if it works, right, if it validates your offer, if it shows you that you are you are an authority and that you do have the audience, then you can roll right into course building time. And this is a good opportunity to take those workshop participants and have them go along that process with you. Be like the backseat or be in like the sneak peek as you're building out your course and say like, I am building out a curriculum to teach this. If you want to be on like my VIP list of people who get like week by week updates and special attention as I'm building it, build that buzz, build that momentum going up to it then they get early access to it. Maybe there's even like a benefit for them, but it also positions them as like people primed to buy that offer. And so if it works and if it really does position people to buy your offer 
then I think it's a really good opportunity to resell it as an audience qualifier afterward. And so positioning that in your funnel as a way to qualify people with a recording, you don't have to keep hosting live workshops, but you can sell the recordings as an audience qualifier to qualify and grow your audience with people who are actually interested in what you have to sell. So that's number two is hosting a paid workshop. And there's a lot of ways that this is a really solid strategy. And like I said, this is something that I teach way more in depth inside the launch formula. And then the third thing that you can do to validate your course without pre-selling it is to build it and then sell it. (laughs) And yes, this one's kind of cheating, but sometimes I find that the only thing holding us back from doing the thing is the fear that no one will buy it. And if you are in this position, then I think it's time to just bite the bullet and build your course. If you have social proof and a proven methodology, if you have an audience of aligned clients and people who are chomping at the bit to buy your program, then it's time. It is time to dedicate six to eight weeks to build your course and then launch it. And like I was talking about with the workshop, I think it's a great idea to start with a workshop And then keep those people going along with you as you build it out and give them sneak peeks and make them feel special so that they are primed to buy it going into the launch. And I just want to say, if nobody buys your course, if you dedicate the time, the six to eight weeks to building your course, to building that buzz, to creating content that creates demand and desire for your program leading up to the launch, and if no one buys it, it's an indicator that those two statements that I said are not actually as true as you expected. Either you do not have the social proof and a proven methodology, or you do not have an audience of aligned clients who are ready to buy from you. And that is great information to have, right? You can roll back up to the other two options from there. Do I need to deliver this process one-to-one? Do I need to get more people results? Do I need to develop more social proof? Or do I need to go back into audience building mode and really growing my audience full of people who have this problem? If you have the social proof, it's pretty, the next step is growing the audience of people who see you as an authority in that thing. And so from there, it's just the process of building the social proof, building the audience, putting the offer out there. And as always, keep getting in front of those new people, growing your audience, positioning yourself as the go-to person in that thing. And at the end of the day, it is not the end of the world. If you invest the time and energy to build your course and no one buys it, it would be far worse to never create your course and keep pivoting away from your purpose because you don't feel confident enough to sell to your audience. And this is what I see so many course creators doing is they pre-sell a course that they weren't full-assed into anyway. Nobody buys it. So they think nobody wants this. So then they pivot to something that they think people actually want. And a great example of this was early on in my business, I watched a coach who was so passionate about self-love and about like women empowerment and empowering women to love their bodies. And she offered a course and nobody bought it. So then she pivoted to being a business coach. And not only did she not sell the course that she was initially doing, so I'm not really sure what credibility she had as a business coach, but she thought nobody wants empowerment coaching. I'm going to be a business coach. And then ultimately that didn't work either because it wasn't in alignment for her and she actually quit her business. And I see this happen so 
many times because we've been around the block. I've been doing this for long enough to see the life cycle of coaches who do not stand firm in their purpose and do not dedicate themselves to being known for the thing that they want to be known for and attracting the audience who are going to be the right buyers for it. If you have a purpose and a deeper reason for creating what you want to create, it's time to step fully into that and build the curriculum and attract the audience who wants it. So that is our episode for today. Thank you so much for joining us. If you are looking to validate your course or launch your course, stay tuned because I have so much coming out in the next couple months. Um, But I cannot wait to see you in my next episode. See you then.